following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Bottoms up. I'm on a natrine. <laughs> Fill my cup. I'm on a natrine. Damn, that's scary. So we get in there, and she has this crazy fucking husky that's okay. like running all over the bed, going for my crotch, going for her crotch. It's really awkward and weird. Kick the dog out of the room. The dog is like, like chewing through the fucking door. Uh, well, I'm like, all right, I gotta act quick. So I get her clothes off and I take her shoes off. I'm looking, and it's kind of dark in the room, and I'm like, one foot is significantly bigger than the other. Oh, no. And I pop the sock off of the one. You got a normal, sexy, nice foot if you're into feet. I mean, some people are. I don't know. I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not knocking a kink. There's a time and a place for that. I take the other sock off. The other sock had, like, Dora the Explorer on it, which I thought was kind of weird. And I, I pull it off. I shit you not, dude. Her one foot is, like, a size seven. The other one was about four sizes smaller. No. It was like no. a fe- it was like a fetus. Oh. Dude, it God. had it had no nails. Ugh. Oh, I just gagged No nails and it was like squishy? Ugh. Like I don't think the bones were developed in it. And like I I kind of like take a peek at her shoe and she's got a bunch of shit inside of her shoe like uh a bunch What do you mean a bunch of shit? It, it was like a like a prosthetic thing inside of her shoe. So uh the dog eventually stormed into the room, stuck its snout up my butthole. Uh, I turn around to look at the dog. I look at her foot, which is right near my shoulder, and I was like, oh! Did you have a hard time keeping the dog from chewing on that thing? Uh, she, dude, this dog was fucking nuts. Her foot was nuts. It have was you one ever of the... seen those those little red, like, Kong dog chew toys? It's their foot. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. It's full of peanut butter. You can't keep them away from that. No, you can't. So it was it was one of the weirdest sexual experiences I've ever had. And then she, uh, when it was all said and done, she got up and, like, walked to the bathroom. Took three lefts to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> she, she kept walking in a circle and finally, like, grabbed the wall and pulled herself into the bathroom. She's going to have to grab her by the shoulders and <laughs> correct, her, uh, correct her movement. She's like, would you mind giving me a hand? I'm like, I'll, I'll give you a foot. Uh, <laughs> You're making me dizzy. Give me a second. <laughs> So she gets in the shower. I get in the shower with her. She looks down and she's like, Ugh. "Oh, I didn't realize you were circumcised." And I look down and I when I didn't realize you had this fucked up foot. A little warning right. would have been nice. I didn't realize you had a giant wad of chewed gum at the end of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> and she she actually laughed at that. And I'm like, "Oh, thank God! I thought I put my foot in my mouth." Oh no! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's disgusting. You know, honestly, it was. It was. It was weird. And uh, but, how was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> well, I didn't take a trip to the circus like you did. But um, <laughs> you know, me and uh, me and the old wife, we did see the new Jackass movie. Ooh, which, how was it? Oh, it was fantastic. If anyone is wondering if they're still amazing after ten years, it's everything Great. you want. It's puke. It's shit. It's nut sacks. There's a beard of bees on a penis at one point. Like it's incredible. Oh. Dear I, for Lord. one, cannot wait for Jackass 4.5 to come out. We all know it's coming at some point. I recommend it to everybody. I know this is a horror podcast, but go see Jackass 4, Jackass Forever. 
forever. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. So yeah, we did that. We went to the Sizzler for dinner. You know, had a had a nice solid steak and blooming onion or whatever the fuck you eat at the Sizzler. I don't know. Nothing like a steak, a blooming onion, followed by some anal. Yeah, because uh, once we got out of there, it was time to go to the Bone Zone. Yeah. <laughs> which, of course, is the new dinosaur exhibit at the Science Museum here in Buffalo. Oh, oh uh, good for you. So that was great. It was a nice little intellectual pursuit. We learned a lot about the late Cretaceous era. Um, Did you know that we actually could possibly be breathing the same air as some of the dinosaurs? And oh, if I you don't that. think that's if you don't think that's tight as fuck, get the shit out of my face. Did you know that the Stegosaurus had one tiny foot? <laughs> <laughs> kind of looked like the 11th puppy uh, at the end of the litter uh, that just sort of drops out of the fucking dog. And, uh, you know, you kick that one slowly into the garbage can so none of the kids see it. <laughs> A real Belial. Yeah, oh. real, uh, real shit puppy, that one. But, yeah, after, after a little trip to the Science Museum, it was, uh, of course, time to enter Pound Town. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, which we all know is the bulk food store near my house, which refuses to recognize the metric <laughs> system. <laughs> so, you know, we went, we got there, we stocked up on uh, on grains and peanut butter, uh, a little bit of hard candy. You have a sweet tooth. At that point, you know, it was getting a little late in the evening. So uh, we took the F train to the Smash Factory. Oh, all right. By which I mean the collision shop near my home where we had to go pick up my car. It had been in there for a couple of weeks. It was getting a little ridiculous. I had all this body damage. <laughs> I've been telling you forever to get a new fucking car. That thing's going to break down on you, babe. Right. Well, they, you know, the fine mechanics at the Smash Factory took care of it for me. It was, you know, good as new. So, yeah. yeah finally, we just went home to have missionary position penis and vagina intercourse for six and a half minutes. And by that, I mean, obviously, we fell asleep eating leftover tacos. And woke up the next day in a cloud of Valentine's Day farts. <laughs> that was my Valentine's Day. Beautiful. Uh, it was amazing. Great time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, we're... Damn, that's scary. scary. Oh, yeah. I'm Micah from Reno, Nevada. I'm Greg. I'm still in Buffalo. Yeah, you are. You should probably get the fuck out of there and come out here and hang out with me and shoot guns in the sky and howl at the moon. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I go crazy when I hear a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. It's been two weeks. Well, Greg and I, I know it's a new month and everything, and you're probably yep. thinking that, uh, oh, you guys are going to do My Bloody Valentine or something like that. But guess what? Uh -uh. We are still in space. Hey! Space. Yeah, we are still yep. in space, and nobody can hear you eat ice cream in space or whatever the fuck the slogan was for that fucking movie. I think that's correct. So we are going to bring you another Roger Corman review, Woo! taking us back to space with recycled fucking props and all that types of shit that you expect from a Roger Corman masterpiece. Hell yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that momentarily. First and foremost, Greg, my man, did you watch anything this week? <laughs> well funny story i did watch a nice little picture called forbidden planet oh, oh, oh all right all right we're gonna do this right now yeah it stars a robot okay Leslie nielsen yeah and uh i love him a naked gun yeah some uh some dated cgi effects not a whole yep. lot to talk about there i think anybody who knows it knows that it is an absolute sci-fi classic not really so much a horror movie so yeah, my uh, my beautiful handsome face co-host, I uh, I kind of fucked over, and I got the title wrong to the movie we we're reviewing this week. So he watched a movie from the 1950s, 
as he said, is just a straight-up schlocky sci-fi flick. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, it is a good movie. I've it is. I mean, it to anybody, but. You may as well have watched the, the Day the Earth Stood Still or whatever the fuck that Keanu Reeves knockoff was. It was, it was <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. It's a good time. It's easy to mix up uh, world and planet, okay? And honestly, it's a little more Lovecraftian than I remember it being. I don't remember it being Lovecraftian at all. Well, because you probably haven't watched it since you were like eight, like most of us. Uh, yeah, I remember watching it on, like, I think it was, like, TNT or some shit when I was really little. Yeah, well, I watched it three days ago, and I can tell you, <laughs> it is Lovecraftian in its nature, and honestly, don't want to give too much away here, because I, I do recommend everybody revisit this one. 1956, I think it was, absolute classic film, groundbreaking special effects, but the general story of it, main realization I had while watching it, Michael Crichton of Michael Jurassic Crichton. Park fame ripped off this movie like what? a motherfucker when he Wait. wrote Sphere. No! Do you know Sphere? I, I read Sphere and I watched the shitty movie. Fantastic book. Great book. shitty movie in spite of the presence uh, of Sam Jackson. It's still kind of It's a shit shitty. movie. You know the general plot of the book. Yeah. A bunch of scuba divers gain a otherworldly power to manifest things with their minds, right? It's a, uh, yeah, uh, the squid outside and shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's the appropriate there is, version. Yeah. I, Turns I, I, out that is almost literally the plot of Forbidden Planet from 1956. Whoa, okay. Yeah, scientists on another planet uh, mine deep into the Earth and discover an alien civilization, uh, which allows them vast uh, mental power at the expense of the fact that their id is also manifested into reality. And that's where the monster at the end of the film comes from. It is an id monster. Yeah, like uh, Dozer. Yeah, I don't Gozer. Wanna... Gozer. <laughs> yeah, if anyone asks you if you're a god, go get her, Ray. What do you say, Ray? You say yes. <laughs> we all know the line. Oh, waka waka. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> but yeah, basically, um, I don't want to give away the ending. I don't want to tell you how they defeat said id monster. Well, O.J. Simpson shows it. up and uh, helps save the day, right? And, and almost chops its head off. If I were to do it. Oh! <laughs> so, yeah, our times of, like, drinking together, hanging out and stuff like that, I feel like we brought up that show Juiced. Yeah. It was, like, his own, like, prank reality show. It was during the time of, what was Ashton Kutcher's show? Punked? Punked, yeah, but except it was O.J. doing the juicing. O.J. smashed my burger. Yeah, and, oh, uh, you got juiced! Yeah, it would start off the usual way, where he'd be doing some elaborate kind of prank on... It was usually, like, another like minor celebrity, right? Whoever they could afford for the show. Yeah, like Ed Furlong. He would show up at the very end, just go, You've been juiced! And then he'd just start hacking at their neck with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> You've been juiced. You've been juiced. But I just, I love how, like, genuinely terrified everyone was to see OJ. Well, yeah! Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's like, a oh murderer. shit, what? I don't know if you knew this, uh, Micah, but OJ Simpson murdered two people. I got juice. <laughs> you can't do that. Well, actually, it turns out you can. Yeah, yeah, he murdered two people and got away basically scot free. I I don't think he has ever settled that that civil case. I don't think he ever For, paid up. If the glove won't fit, bitches up, hose down. I, I uh, yeah. Pimps up, hose down, I think is what he said. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. You used to cheer for me. Now, all I want you to do is buy some oranges. O.J. Simpson. 
Well, to play off the the theme of not watching horror related stuff, okay. I I finished the series on HBO Max, Peacekeeper. Oh, I've heard very good things about that. I cannot say now. I I think I mentioned this on a prior episodes, but the the show ended this week, okay, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I want another season of Peacemaker. John Cena deserves an Emmy. John Cena is a national treasure. I've heard he's well liked in China, also. Oh yeah, I did hear that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking sellout. Well, you know, he's got to appease his audience. Ah, uh, sure. Now, would you rather see a second season of Peacemaker, or would you rather see James Gunn do either a Suicide Squad series or a sister series starring one of the other characters from Suicide Squad? I, I'd rather see another Peacemaker. I haven't seen the new Suicide Squad movie yet. Is he the most interesting character from it? Him and Harley Quinn. Oh, fuck Harley Quinn. No, 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 no. James Gunn did her right. Uh, it was very, very... Uh, all right. Uh, Valentine's Day was pretty recent, right? It was. Uh, I mean, sure, Margot Robbie doesn't have much of a butt on her. You think he took her to the Smash Factory? To pick up her fucking car? Yeah. Because right, James much, Gunn's a gentleman. Much more innocent than it sounds. I mean, it's it, everybody forgets that James Gunn worked with Trauma. He helped Lloyd Kaufman write a fucking book, and he wrote Terror Firmer, my favorite Trauma movie. Oh, good. Uh, now that uh, I I know there's plenty of fans of the Stranger Things series, mm -hmm. and we've all been waiting, uh, patiently waiting for Stranger Things 4, well, we finally got a release date. It's, uh, they're doing that super annoying bullshit like they did with Walking Dead back in the day, and I don't know if they still do it with Walking Dead, because I gave up on that show after season three. Me too. Um, May 27th, we will get Stranger Things season four, and then, uh, we're gonna take a break. Alright. And we will get the conclusion of Stranger Things four, July 1st. So all these fucking kids are gonna be in, like, their 20s now, right? I th I'm pretty sure they're, like, all legal to fuck. I mean, I hope so, because I've done some terrible things watching the last few seasons. It's hard not to. The type of shit that I'm a little hesitant to admit to publicly on the air like this. Pounding vigorously, and I'm like, who am I, a Catholic priest? Yeah, so, I mean, we all, uh, if you guys don't remember, it has something to do with uh, the Hawkins Mall. Uh, the Starcourt Mall there, everything got blew up or some shit. The Soviets are involved now. And that because, kid from uh, It who grew up to be real ugly. Oh, he's so ugly. Yeah. They didn't know where that was headed when they first started the show. No, he's not a cute kid anymore. Nope. He's that, a hideous adult like the rest of us. That's what happens. That's Corey Feldman. Yeah, look at him. Adorable kid. I had a screwed up childhood. He lost all musical talent at a certain point in his life, and I attribute that to something oh come on did you see him on good morning america wherever that fucking morning show was i have seen all of his performances my friend of course you have charlie and his fucking angels or whatever the shit <laughs> oh Corey and his angels where he's dressed like uh the main character from assassin's creed for some reason it turns out he's part of the 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 lineage yeah angelic to the core for those who know see he made a documentary called the rape of the Corys or something and he told a story about Corey Haim getting raped in between two trailers on set of a movie. And is that right to do to a child? No. He threw Corey Haim under the bus hard on that, man. Yeah, Corey Haim's dead. 
Let him, like, leave him alone. What the hell? You guys were supposed to be BFFs. The funniest thing about that whole situation is, like, the way Feldman tells it, he, he never really got anything too bad thrown his way. I think the worst that he describes is like, oh, one time while I was sleeping, someone sucked my dick, and oh, I'm so traumatized from it. Yeah, you wake up to that, it's like, oh, oh, get him. You know what? I'm but then when you British. ask him about him, he's like, oh, my God, he was getting booped left and right. They were passing him around like a fucking unconscious ragdoll. There was a certain point where they couldn't even do anything because his ass was just silly putty. So they would take his ass and put it on the newspaper and stretch it out. <laughs> and send funny messages to each other. They always <laughs> had a great laugh. I didn't think he'd ever wake up. Yeah, turns out the first meme was Corey Haim's ass. <laughs> I think I read a Marmaduke cartoon off of Corey Haim's <laughs> ass one time. <laughs> and it still wasn't funny. If you stretched it out enough, you could make that dog turn into Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly was big and red. <laughs> Oh, oh shit. So Emily Blunt is set to return to Quiet Place 3. Beautiful. I love that series. Uh, yeah, Quiet Place 3 is now in the works along with a spinoff that's set in the same universe. All right. Starring? Probably Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey and Corey Haim's Limp Corpse. <laughs> His pink sock. Oh, God. Fantastic. Oh, I feel so bad for Corey Haim, but... Oh, well, you know. Trust me, there's no, there's no damage we could do to his reputation that Feldman hasn't already done. Yeah, that's true. Seriously, for, for best friends, he shit-talks him indirectly a lot. And dude, if something happens to one of us, like if something were to happen to me, I want you to make a documentary about how much I was molested. Whoever dies first, the other one has to promise that they're going to document, go on interviews, go on Good Morning America, go on The View, and tell everyone the story of our just ridiculous, absurd molestation at the hands of Hollywood. And Yeah, uh, and then when you're done with that, go play a fucking techno song with your angels. Write a song in tribute. I promise I'll do it for you. I will write you a tribute song that's basically called Micah's Pink Sock. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, if, if it were to happen to you, I promise that I will definitely tell the story about how you were a stagehand on Lord of the Rings and you got molested by all those orcs. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. They treated me well afterwards. So, yeah, Quiet Place Part 3 is now in the works and the release date is 2025. But, 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 that spinoff is actually set for September of 2023, so next September. Okay, that's much more encouraging. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 2025, I mean, the, we're not even going to be around for that shit. World War III is going to happen. You saw videos of Putin working out, right? Oh, yeah, he's about to dominate us all. But dude, Putin is going to be our new leader. They're going to have to make the third quiet place uh, in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not even going to be America anymore. By the no, time, everybody, by has to, everybody has to start learning Russian right now. Now, listen, I'm 50% Russian, so I think I'm going to be okay. You, I don't know, man. I could fake it. Dude, but if you take Putin and put him in a room with Sleepy Joe, Putin would judo chop the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's much of a contest there. Yo, our president is weak as fuck. What we need is we need Dwayne Johnson to be president, man. I'd vote for him. I would vote for him in a heartbeat. Did you see him at the Super Bowl? Well, you know what's going to happen? Uh, if Putin enters the room with anyone, he's going to walk out with their jewelry. <laughs> Joe Biden's <laughs> he's going to be like missing like an earring or a necklace or something. Or a fucking nipple ring. 
I know uh, he's, got, he's probably got a solid Prince Albert. I think Putin is sly enough to even fucking lift that on his way out. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying it for years. Putin is basically the Russian Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. you have. I've heard you say that many times, actually. I, I, dude, I said it like last week, right? Yeah, it's slutty little jewel thief. Yeah. Talking about Putin. Like a, hey, in other news, I don't know if anyone gives a fuck about this because I sure don't. Not me. Uh, MTV's Teen Wolf. You remember that? <laughs> no. Yeah, me either. Apparently, it's uh, coming back and it's going to be on Paramount Plus because Paramount Plus is all about reviving shit that no one gives a fuck about. No thanks. Yeah. If it ain't got Michael J. Fox, I do not give a shit about it. That's yeah. You know what? Yeah. I mean, uh, Teen Wolf Two is pretty cool. It wasn't good as the first one. No, it wasn't. But I remember at the end of Teen Wolf Two, at that high school like party in the living room, when uh, the lead got on stage and started like singing a song, he was wearing that really cool suit. And he gets on the phone. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, this is that <laughs> sound you've been looking for." <laughs> <laughs> No, your cousin Marty. <laughs> Marvin. Marvin, uh, cousin Marty. <laughs> so Teen Wolf 2 invented rock and roll in a weird fucking time loop. Oh, I wow. This is, this is all the same universe? It's the Michael J. Fox universe. The, the Foxiverse. There's a lot of earthquakes. I'm not a fish. I'm a man. I was just going to say how shaky it is. <laughs> a 500-pound man. Oh, of course you were. Oh, You're, man. Uh, we got no class on this show. I think you and I have a lot of bad karma. Yeah, so uh, Netflix is uh, partnering with Take-Two Interactive in order to expand the world of... Are you ready for this, Greg? I'm waiting. Bioshock! Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, you thought I was going to say Biodome. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's Bioshock. I'm a big fan of Bioshock. Yeah, oh, dude, me too. Bioshock rules. I mean, this shit came out in, what, 2007? Sounds about right. Yeah, one and two were very similar, uh, and then three was the one that took place in the sky. Yeah, that was uh, infinite. It really separated itself from the whole rapture thing. They're all fucking fantastic. Yeah, but I'm just excited to see uh, live action Big Daddies and Little Sisters. That's going to be super weird and creepy and probably terrifying. There have been rumors of this for quite some time now, and I'm glad Dude, to see it finally coming to fruition. There has been rumors since 2007 when it came out. I Basically remember since it came out, yeah. The, yeah, that there was going to be a movie. Now, is well, this going to be um, is this going to be focused more on the uh, the Rapture Bioshock, the underwater? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's all going to be about how the wealthy are down there and how they fucking lose their minds. All kinds of undertones involving. Uh, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're perfect. They're perfect little u- utopia. It was all very political. It, it was, but it was done very well. The graphics were incredible. They still hold up, kind of. They do. If it's you got go that whole and... steampunk uh, aesthetic, everybody love loves it. it. Absolutely love it. Gore Verbinski is set to direct the film. I love a good Gore Verbinski outing. Hey, who doesn't? Oh. I don't know why I did my. <laughs> did that have Andrew something Dice to do with uh, with dice? No, it, it didn't. I'm just on a big. Uh, I'm in a good mood. Okay, I'm hanging out with you. Have you been watching the Dice Man Cometh again? Be honest. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. My dad and I actually did turn it on the other day. I knew it. I can and, see the twinkle and, uh, in your eye. The t- dude, I'm, I'm, this was like last week. And You're we glowing. Were, You've been we glowing were, for a week. 
we were in fucking tears watching this. We had so much fun. Like, uh, just to watch watch my dad uncontrollably laugh to the hijinks of Andrew Dice Clay. Just going, oh, man, you can't say this stuff anymore. God, is he funny. You kiss like my dad. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Dead by Daylight fans are uh, going to love this. Uh, Sadako, or whatever the hell she is. Uh, Samira. I don't even know her name anymore. From I actually ring? don't care. Yeah, that chick. The girl from The Ring. The girl from The Ring. She's going to be crawling out of TVs into your fucking video game consoles. Dead by Daylight downloadable content is going to be featuring The Ring chick. Okay. No room for racism on that one. No, I was actually just going to say that she's <laughs> not going to be blackface. They took care of the Leatherface debacle, and uh, they're making sure that that's never going to happen again. Yeah, they banned Candyman. Tony Todd is disappointed. This episode of Damn That Scary is brought to you by Basil Hayden Toast. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Artfully Aged by James B. Beam Distilling Company. Oh, Big Jim, my favorite. I'm drinking this. Uh, oh, you is that a Keystone? I probably can't see it. <laughs> Did you happen to check out the entire, not the Super Bowl spot, but the entire trailer for Jordan Peele's Nope. I actually did. Yeah, dude, what do you think? Did you expect me to say nope there? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, so uh, did you happen to check out the new trailer for Jordan Peele's Nope? <laughs> uh, no, it looks think? fantastic. It looks great. Actually, has a lot to it. It, it, uh, it gives us a lot more information, a lot more detail on what this film is going to be. I was confused at first as to what Nope was going to be about, much like the way I was with Us. I know a lot of people like Us. I think Us absolutely sucked. I was um, a bigger fan of them. With the giant ants? Yeah. I'm a bigger fan of the film We. The yeah, French film. A, about peeing on each other. <laughs> no, you're thinking We We. Oh, wait, no, that was that girl I hooked up with with the fucking foot. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> She's got fucking Zoidberg's face at the end of her leg. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> squish, squish, squish. <laughs> oh, God. She always sounds like she just stepped in a puddle. <laughs> oh, but hey, that foot tasted delicious and I didn't gain a pound. Oh, God, it touched your lips. Of course it did. You know I sucked on it. It was like a wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may actually vomit from what you're talking about right now. It had the same texture as my foreskin. I know that all too well. I know you do. It's smooth Very... but sticky. It's like a Bible cover. Filthy uh... almost. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jordan Pills Nope is apparently about fucking aliens. Um, But it looks I... terrifying. There's this uh, scene in it that actually kind of reminds me of the M. Night Shyamalan masterpiece Signs. Oh, my favorite Shyamalan Alana movie. Right. There's that little, there's that fence bit where you can kind of just slightly see the little alien's dome sort of popping up behind it. Yeah, uh, it was, it was just like, hey, neighbor. It's a lot scarier than it sounds. It's fucking terrifying. I hate my neighbors. It's just like Wilson peeking over the fence, telling Tim how to fucking uh, solve the issues with his wife and his. Can I his, tell you? His, his I am ED. never, um, I'm never excited. To hear my neighbor's voice over the fence. I'm never happy to interact with my neighbor over a fence. No, because I'm usually outside raping Corey Haim. 
And you just hear, hey, what are you doing? Are you grilling? <laughs> Give me some privacy. The fucking fence is there for a reason, Wilson. Why are you six foot seven? <laughs> <laughs> These aliens are like four foot flat. They're like you're... little Glenn Danzigs. <laughs> Either that or you're on a stepladder, in which case, fuck off. I'm just doing some painting, neighbor. It's like M. Night Shyamalan in the car when Mel Gibson approaches him and he's like, I think I, I trapped one in my pantry, father. I'm going to get the fuck out of town right now, but maybe you can go in there and uh, just kind of taunt him through the door because they're not really good about opening shit. Yeah, uh, by the way, sorry I killed your wife. Bye. <laughs> bye. Okay, <laughs> bye. Uh, I'll see you in the village. <laughs> Did you see old? I didn't see old. I don't know a single person that saw old. I know a couple people that saw old. They pirated it. And they said it was the worst movie they've seen since The Happening, which is also the worst movie. They The Happening is the worst movie I've seen since Lady in the Water. You yep. know what? It turns out M. Night Shyamalan really sucks. Why is he still getting work? Why do people give him money? Why is he still making films? Did you see Devil? Oh, the one where they're in the elevator with yeah. the devil? Uh-huh. He's really terrible about coming up with premises and not being able to, like, flesh them out into a full film. Like, yes, yes. My, like, uh, okay, there's yeah. a bunch of idiots in an elevator and there's a devil. That sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. So, like, do that. It's a, Yeah, it, it's it, that could have been 30 fucking minutes. 22, even. Why is he should be writing for a fucking series. Like Black making, Mirror. Not yeah. making feature movies. M. Night Shyamalan could be doing episodes of Black Mirror. Uh, sh short little fucking Twilight Zone bull fucky shits. Who gives a shits? Uh, not honestly. Full honestly, features. I think he'd be good at it. I think I think yeah. he'd be fine at making his own. Does he have a series called like M Night Shyamalan Presents or some shit like that? Uh, he was actually supposed to do the the new Tales from the Crypt, but that fell through because no, I don't he couldn't like get the rights to it. I don't like that. He's not a Tales from the Crypt guy. He's more of a Twilight Zone guy. Yeah, more sci-fi than horror all about the twist all about the twist no i i don't want m night Shyamalan writing something about a mummy because it's going to turn out that the mummy is allergic to fucking sand or some shit That's you know the mummy's perfect. like fuck fracture my tomb fucking dracula but he's a hemophiliac fuck it turns out his frankenstein loves fire yeah, there's like all these fires going off in a town. It's like a serial arsonist. Turns out it's Frankenstein. What a twist. Frankenstein, but he has polio. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Anti-vaxxer Frankenstein. That's a <laughs> that's an M. Night Shyamalan script. Yeah, the COVID <laughs> killed him. COVID Wolfman. Wolfman doesn't only have nards, he has a weakened immune system. <laughs> it's all a hoax. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm on a ventilator now. <laughs> what are you going to do? Get vaccinated every year for the rest of your life? Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, just like Meatloaf. I remember everything. Thank uh, you, M. Night. Oh, God, what a great movie we just wrote for him. You steal my idea. <laughs> I will strangle you until you die, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I will strangle you until you come, and then I'll kill you. That's the twist. <laughs> Man's getting choked, but he actually ejaculates. What a twist. <laughs>
After Earth was an abomination. Wait, what? He did that? Yeah, with the with the Smith family. What? Yeah, the entire Smith family was in that movie, and it still was not good. Somehow. No, I know that movie. Of course, the Smith family was in it. If it was just Will, it probably would have been good, but you put the rest of this fucking family in it. Yeah, the yeah. rest of them are not talented, but they really want to be, so... No, the only time I liked Jada was in Demon Knight. She was great in that, but when when she it comes was. to making music, she kind of falls a little bit flat. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Well, I guess it's time to apologize. Okay, this again. Alright, uh, Matt, piano. Beautiful. You know what? Love it. What, what exactly is an apology, you know? Well, and, uh, Webster's you, if, would describe it as the act of atonement for uh, one's transgressions to another. One's uh, sins. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling that out of my ass. Go ahead. You know what? I think that's pretty much right. I, I mean, like, like, what is an apology without accepting an apology? And I'm just kind of curious as to how many of our listeners actually accept our apologies. And I don't know if they understand how sincere we actually are during this. We're always kind of um, full of shit. I mean, we've kind of, uh, uh, no, I, I mean, I've always been serious. Oh, not me. Is that what we're doing? Are we supposed to yeah. be serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've apologized to uh, Nazi sympathizers, and uh, I've uh, I've apologized to uh, Corey Haim in the past, I believe. I think I've apologized to that one guy from Rue Morgue magazine. Hold on, hold uh, on. What did you do to Corey Haim? Well, nothing that my neighbor Wilson didn't see. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I guess what I'm getting at is is that uh, this is a sincere segment, and it's a way for us to feel better about ourselves uh, as podcasters, to to, uh, to right our wrongs, to dot the I's, cross the T's. Hey, uh, and, uh, real quick. Yeah. You don't have an apology this week, do you? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> it's become increasingly obvious to me. That you're stalling for time. Uh, in the words of our uh, our late friend Will, who used to be on the show, uh, wait, wait, I ain't apologizing for shit! Did he die? No, no, he's alive and well. He's doing great. Oh, thank God. No, no, Will's okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Will, if you're listening, love you, man. Alright, Greg, so that's my apology, which is no apology. You know what? I think that counts. I think that qualifies. Piano's still playing, so I mean, it's still technically an apology, right? It is, isn't it? Fuck yeah. God, we're so good at this. Dude, we are the best podcast in the history of podcasts. All right. Well, um, you had a great apology this week. I commend you. That was fucking beautiful. Heartfelt. Thanks. I loved it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm going to make this a quick one, uh, as I always do. I'm going to have to just say a quick sorry to our Finnish, Finnish, Finlander, Finlander. Finns. Oh, the Finns! To all of our, our Finnish fans out there, I'm gonna have to apologize for the butchering of your language last episode. I, um, don't understand a fucking word you're saying. I don't know <laughs> what your language is all about. Honestly, I don't even know how to parody it. I don't, I, I can't imitate it. I don't know what the fuck Finnish sounds like. So, um, when we were editing in, uh, you know, some hilarious clips that mock your language and culture, uh, last week. <laughs> Um, I just kind of threw in some shit. I think it was like the Lion King, and there was a clip of uh, one of you people yelling at a bear. It all sounded very, I was very uh, confused by that. I think a lot of people were con- confused. So, really, I'm probably just apologizing to the audience for um, confusing you with Finnish nonsense. Uh, are you, Greg, are you finished? Shit. No, <laughs> not, not even close. 
right. Um, but yeah, we threw in some Hakuna Matatas. We threw in some Finnish Lion King. It was all in good fun. Uh, one day maybe I'll I'll visit your country and we'll do whatever Finnish people do. Uh, can you think of anything? I don't know what the fuck goes on over there. I, I, do they eat cheese? Sure, we'll eat cheese with you, Finlanders. That sounds accurate. I uh, I mean they're not Irish and they're not Swedish. I think it's a. Well, those are really the no, only I, other two options. So I, I I don't know I don't know what they do in Finland. Yeah, if you're not Irish, you're not Swedish, then you're probably. Uh, I don't know what you are. Um, I, and then another real quick apology. Just because, you know, I'm, I'm tired of talking about Finland. I actually don't care about you or anyone who lives there. Quick apology to Glenn Danzig. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I'm sorry I made light of your legendary gas problem last week. <laughs> <laughs> we had sort of a running gag. Farting Glenn. It was great. We love you. You know, I know that it's hurtful. I know you're sensitive about it. And I wish you luck with the ongoing gas crisis that's going on in your digestive system. Hope you get better, but I can only assume with age, it's not going to improve. One day you're going to die in a fucking cloud of farts, and <laughs> it's probably just because you overexerted your vocal cords through all those years. It drives a lot of gas uh, to the lower intestine. So I guess what I'm trying to say is sorry. I did not know that a version of Astro Zombies, not the movie, but the song by the greatest band ever, The Misfits. Oh, the song's so much better than the movie. It's, it, oh, yeah. Save yourself is. an hour and a half and listen to a minute and a half long song. You'll be better off for it. But I did not know that there was a version without the actual music and just vocals. I had a chance to listen to it, and man, Glenn has some pipes on him. All joking aside, the man is an incredible vocalist. It's oh, he with, is. With a lot of yeah. that old misfit stuff, a lot of it gets buried by the musical tracks. You know, it is I, punk rock after all. You can't be I, too. I uh, you can't be too discernible when it comes to the lyrics. But uh, yeah, he's he's got some fucking pipes, man. But dude, when he screams "Masturbate me" in that song "Bullet," oh, chills. I've always thought so. I get those goosebumps every time. <laughs> thought-provoking all right <laughs> let's get into the movie of the week we're back in space <laughs> with forbidden forbidden planet world it's forbidden world isn't it it's forbidden world yeah so i totally fucked up this is a big bad on my part greg watched forbidden world uh, planet <laughs> yeah you gave yeah. me the wrong movie title this week, and I watched the wrong movie. So for our listeners, I, I, a little thing that Greg and I uh, Greg and I were talking to each other, and he's talking about Leslie Nielsen being in the movie and uh, robot and stuff, and I'm like... Significant robot. I'm like, yeah, how about those two blondes that were naked? I was a little confused. And then first. it dawned on me... Greg, we both watched two different movies. Well, there there was a naked blonde in Forbidden Planet, so I I kind of assumed that maybe you um were just shit faced drunk watching it, and you were like, "How about the two of those broads?" I uh, I am what they might call an alcoholic. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely was shit faced drunk and high when I watched uh, Forbidden World, so you're not far off. So we had a little bit of a discrepancy there. Um, although, as I mentioned earlier, I would recommend that everybody watch Forbidden Planet. It's a fantastic movie. It's a classic. 1950s at its very best. Early sci-fi. 
but it's not exactly horror. It's not exactly the kind of schlock that we like to cover here on DTS. That's, that's very true. So, uh, in the service of all of you, uh, just beautiful bastards who listen to this show, I did do a full fucking turnaround, and I watched Forbidden World just so I could give you these notes today. I am a bad friend, and I made you watch Forbidden World. Uh, so let's go back to 1982. Roger fucking Corman. The man. Concord. The myth, New Horizons. The legend. The legend. And I gotta say, it was my pleasure to watch this film because as great as Forbidden Planet is, doesn't exactly have the formula. The if damn I had that to, scary formula. If I had to just mush it into a tight little blob, quick little uh, blurb, a little description for you, I would call it, if Alien was crossed with Carnosaur and sprinkled liberally with boobs, butts, and a subtle anti-smoking message. Dude, that's exactly what I was going to say. Episode over. We nailed it. Hell yeah. Forbidden World in a nutshell. Damn! That... Yeah, actually, that's, that's really spot on. Alan Holtzman, I believe this was his mission statement from the very beginning. Actually, the cancer side, which we'll get into, is actually Roger Corman's idea. Yeah, he recently had a relative die of cancer, and he was very uh, distraught. So he thought he'd yes. just make a film out of it. And make sure that tumor is the size of a fucking football. Alan Halsman, as you said, directed this movie. This was actually his directorial debut in 1982. Alan Holzman is mainly famous for doing really shitty documentaries, including a documentary called Grunt, which is a documentary following professional wrestlers, not good professional wrestlers, oh. just shit fuck territory professional wrestlers from the 1980s that no one gave a fuck about. He went on to do a bunch of other documentaries and some other bullshit that no one really cares about either. The movie was penned by R.J. Robertson. He went on to pen Beastmaster. Nice. He's probably my favorite R.J. Yeah, probably, actually. That is entertainment. But, Greg, without further ado, let's get into my favorite part of the show. Give us our ragtag group of characters in these sput pirates. Here we go. First off, we've got... A little android I like to call Robbie the Robot. Oh, Robbie the Robot. That's adorable. Yeah, I made that name up myself because I definitely didn't just watch another movie with that, uh, that character in it. And he that's is. awesome because I totally didn't have a fucking toy when I was a kid called Robbie the Robot. Yeah, no, that, that never existed. You're, uh, you're insane. Man, my grandpa got me that shit from Radio Shack. Remember Radio Shack? Fuck yeah, you do. Nope, your grandfather is senile. That is not an actual establishment. So, we have... Robbie the Robot, who is an interstellar manservant. He's a stormtrooper. He's an astro slave, an exposition dumpster, and a Beethoven fan. Very effeminate. Well, maybe in the version that you watched. Oh, yeah. Why don't we get that out of the way really quick? We should probably detail that. Yeah, there are two versions of this. One is the director's cut known as Mutant, and yeah. one is the theatrical cut, which is, of course, Forbidden World. I watched Mutant. And my beautiful co-host here uh, watched the original. There is yeah. not a big difference, but one of the only real discernible discrepancies is that Robbie the Robot, who I think yeah. is called Sam. I don't fucking know what his real name his is. His name's Sam. He speaks in a different tone of voice in the two different versions. The version I watched was a very generic, like, mm, I'm Robbie, meow, kind of sound. 
Okay. Um, but what you were saying is that he had a, a very different tone of voice. Oh, yeah. It was like, a, oh, sir, wake up. There's space pirates attacking us. Nice to see that your interior decorator is as boring as you are. So next up, we have a little character that I called Captain Vankman. Why did you call him that? Well, because he's a lone wolf, a mercenary, a troubleshooter, a space stud, a coxman. He is libidinous to a fault and a real Bill Murray type. Yeah, actually, that's really good, Greg. He's a total coxman. This is actually Jesse Vint. Uh, Jesse Vint used to be in a bunch of westerns back in the day. He's still around. He's in. Uh, he's on the TV show Grimm. If anyone gives a shit about that show, because oh, my I favorite sure show, know. Grimm. Yeah, yeah, he's been in uh, Deep Red, The Tempt. He's been in episodes of Matlock, episodes of Dark Angel. I believe he, does he was a lot in Matlock. Of... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he was in uh, an episode of the A Team. Guess what? His name was in A Team. That's right, Insane Wayne. Uh, I was just about to in... say that. I know you were. He's been in. Knight Rider. He's been in all those amazing, fucking awesome shows from the 80s. He was a character in T.J. Hooker. You know, he looks like he could play, a, like, if they cast him as Matlock's younger brother for, like, one episode, I could definitely yeah. see that. could definitely the, see that. Dude, he's been in Chips. He's been in The Incredible Hulk. He's been in Corey Haim. I mean, it's the 80s, probably. <laughs> for the purposes of this film, he is Captain Bankman. Yeah, Captain Bankman. I like it. So next we have Dr. Hauser who is a stoic badass, a no-nonsense professional, an all-business Scientologist, an alien inseminator, and the host of Unsolved Mysteries. Yes, that makes a lot of sense, Greg. Yeah, it all comes together, right? Next up, we have Blondie. Call me! <laughs> yeah, we've got one of these in almost every movie that we, uh, that we review. She is a doctor, a scientist, a confident, coy, seductive, and outgoing being, she is a problem solver and a communicator, and she is also an astro-bisexual. She sure is. She was also in the TV series V. I love that series. It's actually very good. And uh, this is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. This and uh, those two were kind of her big roles. Yeah, she was uh, the woman in Spinal Tap. That's uh, June Chad. <laughs> June Chadwick is the actress's name, and uh, I gotta tell you. She's hot. I'd let her lick my love pump. Fran Drescher was also in Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh, what episode we were talking about where you guys were like raving about how hot Fran Drescher was? She's so hot. You and Will were like going off on it. I was like, really? Yeah, every time when you're thrusting, she's like. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, we have Egon. Oh, yes, Egon. Who is a bacteriologist, I think I'm saying that right, an alien experimenter, a disheveled mad doctor, an excitable nerd, a smoker, and a malignant tumor incubator. He is just riddled with cancer. Oh, he's got so much cancer. And he's very sweaty. That's probably the cancer. The body is burning a lot right there, right? Oh, it makes life a struggle. And I don't know if this is just poetic justice, but <laughs> speaking of cancer, our next character is Winston. Winston tastes mighty good. Like a cigarette should. That wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Winston is a straight shooter, a pessimist, an engineer, 
a reluctant employee, a gullible fool, and he hates shortcake without whipped cream. And then, of course, we have Pinky. Pinky? Who's Pinky? Oh, if you think for a moment, I think you'll, uh, I think you'll understand. Pinky okay. is a naked woman who lives on a spaceship. All right, yeah, Tracy Baxter, played by Don Dunlap. Mm-hmm, and there is not a whole lot to this character, but she does wear pink, so she gets the appropriate nickname. Yeah, she got the pink jumpsuit without underwear. Mm-hmm. This role was actually meant for an older ex-Playboy Playmate model. They wanted two cougar women in there. But Don Dunlap, who has been in a bunch of exploitation films before and after this movie... Alan Holzman was a big fan of her, and Alan Holzman actually had to plead on his hands and knees to uh, Roger Corman to get her to take this to, to to let her have this part. I can understand why he was so adamant about that. I do like the difference between the two women. You can't have two stoic, you know, fake titty cougars in it. I, well, I anyway, know. our next character is Earl, who is the security guy. He's a voyeuristic pervert. He is a yeah, he sexual is. philanthropist. He is a jealous lover, a jewel thief, and a recovering masturbation addict. We're bringing it back around. He was also in Teen Wolf. Really? Yes, he was. Okay, well, I'm glad they had the budget for him. Must have been early on in his <laughs> career. Well, last but not least, we have Annie who is the dead ex-lover of Earl, uh, and she is the Astro Womb that caused all of the trouble that oh, uh, happened in the plot of this film. Way to go, Annie. You and your vagina fucked everything up Just for everybody. fucked it all up, and we don't even get to see it. But when nope. I said she was the last one, I was lying, because there is one more, and it is just a little, uh, you know, minor, insignificant kind of plot point that I like to call the, the Ding Whopper. You mean the true value of Xenomorph. <laughs> yes. This is a ripoff. You said xenomorph. I say metamorph. Metamorph? This is a metamorph, and it's totally different. It is the perfect being. It is intelligent. It's agile. It's invincible. It has acid for blood and a hunger for tits. So it's very, very different from a xenomorph. It's not the same thing at all. It has a, um, a black exoskeleton, a long uh, kind of protruding penile skull. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? It, uh, it, it's a xenomorph. It's a xenomorph, Greg. It's a fucking xenomorph. Uh, also, uh, a way to kind of describe this, too, for our older listeners. Yeah. By older, I mean myself and Greg's age. Okay. Do you remember MTV Oddities, the series The Ma- The Max? The Max, yeah. Uh, those uh, little, like, uh, ghoulish demon-looking things with the round heads and the teeth. They're exactly this. They're exactly this. Yep. It turns out... This film inspired quite a few famous series throughout the ages. You know, it ripped off maybe a thing or two from Alien. I don't want to accuse it of anything specific. It might have borrowed. Yeah, borrowed uh, is the word. Yeah, an entire premise, an entire setting. But it did add some things. Okay. Anyone out there who wished that Alien had a little more butt in it? And not just the Gorney Weaver's butt crack. Gotta be honest, Scorny Weaver's butt, not so appealing. The butts in this movie, however. And you know, I think this might have been the mission statement of this entire venture. 
Yeah, what we that... want. I think they had a meeting and they said what we want is alien, but with better butts. You know what, Greg? I don't think the movie pitch was that far off. I could see Roger Corman slamming both his hands flat on the table, standing up and going, how much money do you need? Because yeah. I'll give you half of it. And I have a bunch of uh, movie props that you could use. Yes, yep. because as uh, as we previously reviewed with Galaxy of Terror, this is the exact same set. The same uh-huh. set. Uh, some of the jumpsuits are the same. It's all uh, the same shit from Galaxy of Terror. It's all the – if you watch Galaxy of – if you look up Forbidden World, Galaxy of Terror pops up right next to it as movies that are like this. Because I don't think there is any other movie in the history of movies that is more like this than Galaxy of Terror. Uh, Alien. Oh, yeah, there is Alien. But you know what? Alien doesn't have those butts. This is like Alien mixed with the TV show in the early 90s from HBO Dream On. I was just going to say that. Not so much a Red Shoe Diaries, but more Dream On with Robert Mm. Tupper. Okay. Yeah, so why don't we get into the fucking movie? Let's do it. All right, fine. We start with uh, space. Space! We open on a stormtrooper clunkily wandering around a spaceship, the spaceship from Alien. He interrupts Peter Venkman's sex dream with some very bad news. This is not only the spaceship from Alien. This is the spaceship. This is the spaceship from 1980s Beyond the Stars, which is also a Roger Corman flick. And most likely the spaceship from Galaxy of Terror, if we're being honest. You're not. You're half right. It's the props, but not the actual set itself. That's usually about the ratio I, I shoot for. So, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. This ship is being attacked by terrible special effects and uh the captain just kind of fucks around while robbie does all the work and saves the day yeah uh uh, robbie the robot's like sir there's pirates attacking us he's a little effeminate in his approach but he does get the job done yeah totally puts on some beethoven and they fuck shit up uh because the captain uh captain mike or captain what'd you call him oh it's peter venkman captain venkman uh, just got out of cryo sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where uh, Robbie the robot informs him that his son on Earth is older than he is. Oh yeah, yeah, and possibly dead. Yeah, probably. Just like Sigourney Weaver's kid. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a depressing fact. He just kind of throws it out there, like, hey, just in case you were wondering, everybody that you ever cared about is deceased because you've been cryo sleep for a long time. Yeah. And I love that uh, in typical Vakeman fashion, just responds with, eh. Hope he turned out better than me. So anyways, all those space pirates are taken care of. Captain Bakeman thinks he's going home back to Earth. Uh, It turns out Robbie the Robot has other plans for him. Because he is a mercenary and a troubleshooter, and he is on mission right now. He gets called in to, I don't even know what it's actually called, but I'm just going to call it LV-426. It was Zatara. Yeah, they immediately enter hyperspace. Hyperspace looks like butt sex. They immediately enter hyperspace and go to LV-426, where we are introduced to a long shot of Blondie's space ass. Yeah, because it turns out in space there's no underwear but white jumpsuits. Only for the ladies. The gravity introduces some impressive physics. Yeah, it really uh, uh, does something to the uh, that, that gash. Yep. So... Captain Venkman wastes no time sexually harassing Blondie, who is a doctor, by the way. And 
quickly gets distracted by Pinky, who also has an ass. Are they both doctors? I think so. I think everybody on this uh, remote moon planet or whatever it is, I think they're all supposed to be doctors, scientists, researchers of some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I have a hard time believing that some of them put in the time to earn that credential. Yeah. Pinky's no doctor is what I'm saying. She's the custodian. But she's uh, she's all right to look at. <laughs> this is where we meet Dr. Uh, Hauser, right? Yeah, chief of bacteriology, which I think is made up. He struggles to keep Venkman on task with all these women around. And he explains that they've been doing some genetic experiments on this, uh, this remote science uh, lab, vessel, whatever you want to call it. If you ask me, he can't be trusted, Greg. He's very suspicious, yeah. So, <laughs> Dr. Hauser explains that one of their test subjects has recently gone rogue, and it put itself in the incubator. Kind of an odd move if you're going rogue, but okay. It needs um, to hatch, Greg. Yeah. Because it's a metamorph. Yeah, a metamorphic mutation! Metamorphic Power Ranger. Go, go, Power Ranger! Go, go, Power Ranger! You know it's a, it's a fucking xenomorph. It's, it, yeah, it's, that's it's what we're, that's what we're talking about here. This is a fucking xenomorph down to the face hugger, face sucking aspect of it. It implants the egg in you. You burst into a fucking thing. It's all the same shit. This is an alien movie. They actually, in their mission statement when they made this film, literally said the words, we want to rip off Alien. Which is crazy because Roger Corman's the exact same thing when he did Galaxy of Terror. Mm -hmm. We are here to rip off Alien. Turns out Alien did very well. And there were a lot of other people that wanted to get on that fucking money train. Yeah, they wanted to get in that Sigourney Weaver bish. So Venkman immediately <laughs> recognizes trouble and intends to bail on this whole situation. He's like, you know what? I'm fucking out. You guys have your own problems here. This ain't my shit. I'm leaving. If but... by bailing you mean trying to fuck Pinky in white jumpsuit, then yeah. Well, that's our next point, is that Blondie promises him intercourse if he stays for just one night. Yep. And like any red-blooded American male, he says, okay. And we played the first thing that came to our heads, just so... He's been in cryosleep for what, 40 years? Of course he is. I don't think it matters. You'd be a fool not to accept this proposition. We are but men! Oh my god. Yeah, she's a babe. Mm-hmm. A space babe. Now, I know 99% of our listeners are men, so uh, if you haven't yet, definitely check this movie out because you will not be disappointed. So in our next scene, we have a space custodian who is fucking around in the science lab alone. Which we all know leads to disaster. Well, he senses that he's about to die soon. I think we all notice that. So, the rest of our crew who are watching him on a surveillance cam send Pinky down to check on him. They're like, hey, she's not smart, but she's kind of hot, but we need smart people. So, Pinky's expendable. I see, I would think maybe not. 
I don't want to just send her to her doom. But at the same time, maybe they didn't realize it. Yeah. Regardless, at this point, while we're all deliberating whether or not it's a, it's a safe bet to send, you know, the most vulnerable female scientist in to check on alien murder, uh, Space Custodian is getting his face hugged to death. Which is yeah. not a reference to Alien. Totally, totally not, not. Totally not. I also love that the incubation chamber is open and he's calling the other space doctors like, hey, this thing hatched. And they're like, oh, it's okay. We're going to send 90-pound Pinky to come and get you. She'll take care uh, of you. As he is brutally dying, nobody notices because they're all trying to fuck Blondie around the dinner table. Every hey. single member of the cast who is alive and eating dinner is hitting on this character at this point in the film. Can you blame them, Greg? I cannot. But this is where we learn that our best friend Winston is offended by shortcake that does not have whipped cream on it. Well, strawberry shortcake needs whipped cream. Enough of a point that it made it to the final cut of this film. You cannot have shortcake without whipped cream. And I feel like this is a specific opinion of one of the writers. They made a fucking point of it. This whole it, scene it should, should have been cut. Not only should it have been cut, but I feel like, like this was like the precursor to Seinfeld. How are you going to have shortcake without whipped cream? I mean, seriously. They call it shortcake. I mean, I know it's not tall, but it's not specifically short. My thought was gay. Uh... You know the one thing I, uh, I got from this scene? Is that uh, Dr. Giggles is just coughing all over the shortcake and sweating over everything. You need whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> whipped cream. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, they absolutely foreshadow uh, some major plot points in the future. It's not. It doesn't come out of nowhere. It seems like it does when you first watch this movie, but there are some major points later on. I don't want to give them away just yet. Foreshadowed. Yeah, it turns out this was the cause of COVID. Yeah, he had he had COVID back in, uh, what was it, 1982? 82. One more thing I like to point out about this scene, uh-huh. and that is utensils from the future are dumb. That's a very good point that you just made. I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, every movie where there's like utensils and it's the future, the utensils look dumb. As if the spork didn't perfect the utensil like a long time ago, right? KFC is my favorite fast food chain because of the spork. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. This is where Egon explains that they're trying to gene splice random animals together to solve the impending food crisis. The results have been mixed, to say the least. Yeah, a little bit mixed. And also, I don't know why they're dealing with this food crisis. GMOs are everywhere. Food isn't the issue. What they should be working on is curing cancer. I'm sure Egon would agree, but yeah, they're not quite there yet. No, good thing all these people, <laughs> all these people have short cap <laughs> cake. They find the custodian's bloody corpse with a giant hole in his skull, but he is technically still alive, which is kind of amazing. I love that because he's on the table and he has a big old fucking hole in his head. His brain's missing and he's going... I can feel myself rot. Kill me. Start the reactor. Start the reactor. No, he's not. He's not your girlfriend's foot. She's not my girlfriend, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. She's got her number in your phone? 
Sorry, I didn't mean to call you. I foot-dialed you. My weird foot has a mind of its own. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up and it's talking to me. Oh, God, uh, that fucking noodle. Like, what if, you, if you're, like, if you're spending the night and you wake up and the foot is just, like, in your mouth, like, choking you? <laughs> Don't take her away from me! <laughs> she, she wakes up in a panic, pulling her foot out of my mouth, and it's oh, like, God. Sorry! I was born without a foot. This was the foot of a serial killer who also had a who, who apparently had a foot deformity. Why did I name it Belial? So anyway, at this point in the story, the alien has gone missing. Nobody knows what happened, but they do know that the custodian, I don't care what his name is, he's fucking dead. He's not um, dead though. He's basically the thing. Pinky is sad. Because apparently they were ex-lovers, or current lovers, now ex-lovers, because, I mean, what are you going to do with that thing? So she gets off space naked and goes to bed. God, does she ever. Apparently distraught over the fact that her custodian boyfriend has been destroyed by an alien. Like, seriously, why is it that, like, nudity in space is so much hotter than nudity on Earth? Oh, it's because of the gravity. Yeah. Ah. Right? Makes a difference. Yeah, okay. So, Blondie shows up just in time to space fuck Peter Venkman for what seems like a fucking eternity. I have to say, oh, this scene God. was on for a really long time. Not complaining, but it is very, uh, it's, uh, it's extended. While security guy Earl watches on and pounds off. Yeah, it kind of goes back and forth. And there's a lot of, the whole movie is a lot of flashes. He's got a little, um, one of those, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a string top toy. You pull the strings and it spins. And he's playing with it rhythmically as he's watching these two fuck on camera. And I can only assume, because I am the mature adult that I am, that the implication is that he is stroking his erect penis. Yeah, uh, for our listeners that don't know what Greg's talking about, if you've ever been to a fish concert, if somebody isn't playing devil sticks, they're playing with this thing. Just tripping on acid, staring at it. But the point is, it's a it's a rhythmic, repeated motion that someone is making with their hands. Infer what you want into that. What I saw was, uh, you know, dick pounding. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pinky cries herself to sleep, and Winston plays a space flute that looks suspiciously like a water bong. And it turns out that he's the one that's providing the soundtrack to this entire stereotypical pornographic sex scene. So it turns out this is all just a like a big, hilarious joke by the filmmakers. It sort of just throws a lampshade on the whole scene once you see uh, this character playing a flute. And you realize, okay, it's not just sexual, it's also hilarious. Yeah, I, I called it the space sax because he was really set... <laughs> He was really set in the mood. Yeah, you're clever like that. Hey, what can um, I say, man? That's why I get paid the big bucks here. So Earl gets spooked and goes looking for aliens in the wettest part of the ship, which happens to be the locker room. Yeah, which is also uh, Alien Resurrection, because that movie was very wet. So for some reason, this kind of confused me. He takes a necklace from dead Annie's locker and puts it in his. 
that part was confusing. I, I what I, I assumed that. is that he had given this locker to Annie before she died, probably, and he wanted it back. After watching Blondie and Venkman fuck on camera, he got a little sentimental, and he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go snoop around in the locker room for a little bit. He's got some psychological issues, but Absolutely. none of that fucking matters because he immediately gets aliened. He gets bored right in the fucking throat." Oh, does he? Yeah, he's dead forever now. Thank God. Fuck this guy. Yeah, he was a little creepy. He was a little weird. He was just there to provide a little bit of an intermission while everybody else was fucking. So Pinky decides it's time to get naked again and spend some time in the galaxy's filthiest looking sauna. Yeah, good old space sauna. This set is just gross like it's just it's so gross dude it's like rusty it looks like she's taking her clothes off in the bowels of a of an ironworks like a factory and this looks like if you were to like take your clothes off in the layer where like splinter sleeps yeah it sewer. looks like a sewer this is the same set where jason Voorhees died in jason takes manhattan but in spite of that venkman wastes no time popping in and putting on the moves the space babe is, she's in there naked, wearing sunglasses, taken back like, ew, I want nothing to do with you. But then it's just like, you know what? I kind of want to fuck. He's holding his gun suspiciously like a boner. And that is yep. not an accident. No. Nope. Pinky goes from scared to horny in two seconds flat and tells him, you know what? You better strip down so that they can astro fuck. As he's taking his clothes off, he takes the time to show off his scars, just like that scene in Swamp Thing Uh or Lethal Weapon 3. Every movie ever where this scene happens. Yeah, look at this right here. 62, shot, ribs. One night in the ghetto, my man got shot in his ear like eight times. Before long, he is cock-blocked by the alien. Dr. Hauser busts in with Winston and Blondie, and they say, you know what? I don't know why you're naked. I don't care why you're naked, but we're about to kill the Dingle Whopper. And that is a special name that my deceased friend Earl gave to this alien. And I assure you, he's not referring to a penis. And as this is going on, Blondie is mad as hell and jealous and even goes on to say, Oh, I bet you he's just showing off his scars to her. Well, it's been literally three and a half minutes since she was fucking him. These guys decide, like, yeah, we're going to totally kill this, uh... Mutant hybrid uh, dingleberry. It's outside. It went outside. So we got to put these spacesuits on. These are the worst spacesuits I have ever seen. They they, look like the fucking sand people from Star Wars. They dress up like a bunch of Jawas and go out into the sand desert. So they're out there bopping around the sand looking for this giant space spider. And Winston immediately gets jump scared by Earl's faceless corpse. I mean, hey. Haven't we all? They shoot at the alien cocoon, or I should say Robbie the Robot shoots at the alien cocoon. Uh, And Dr. Hauser's like, no, don't kill it. But they find that the cocoon is actually empty. When they return to the science lab, they find the fully formed xenomorph, I'm sorry, metamorph. It grabs Dr. Hauser and escapes into an air vent. Totally unlike alien, because this is not anything that a xenomorph would do. It menaces Pinky in the control room. The Xeno, uh, I mean, Metamorph, takes out communications, ruins their fucking satellite uh, so that they cannot uh, either escape or call anybody else for help. But they quickly realize that it intends to keep them alive. It didn't take out any of the other vital life support systems. 
No, it took out Dr. Hauser because he's a fucking asshole. Meanwhile, they all regroup and Space Blondie comes up with this great idea saying that we should communicate with it. Uh, maybe by talking, uh, maybe by lip reading, maybe by hand. Maybe we could use these fancy future robot space computers. Maybe we could use Robbie the robot to communicate with it. And Dr. Bankman just looks at her dead in the eyes and says, That is the stupidest fucking idea I have ever heard, you stupid bitch ass. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yep, he's not exactly on board with it. And may God have mercy on your soul. So, not at all. Blondie and Pinky decide they're going to put on their skimpiest space robes and they're going to go to the med bay on their own. To take a shower. And it turns out, just like my pants, <laughs> the med bay is currently covered in human goo. It is so gooey. They have a quick conversation in the shower about how they want to communicate with the alien, and they want to probe his intellect. This scene is so hot because Dr. Blondie has, like, I feel like it's a kink.com video where Dr. Blondie is, like, the older Dom and has Pinky up against the wall by her throat, finger blasting her, and is just like, those men don't know what they're talking about. How about you and I try to communicate with it? How about we uh, approach an alternative solution to this problem and picky's like oh, I'm, I'm having one oh. yeah it turns out she's just talking about lesbianism yeah how about we les out in the shower for a little bit and uh just hope this problem solves itself and picky's oh. like yeah that sounds like a good idea okay and uh me as the viewer is like you know what i'm on board with this yeah let's see where this goes i was sitting there eating chips and going Boy, this is so unreal unrealistic, but you know what? Scissor me, Timbers, I am into it. Turns out I have absolutely no problem with this script writing. So, they approach the Xenomorph, the Metamorph. Hey, there you go again, Greg. Uh, Listen to you. Which is relaxing on some space equipment, totally unlike the end of the first Alien movie. And uh, Blondie just kind of tries to talk to it. She goes on uh, Instant Messenger on AIM. Mm -hmm. And ask for his ASL, age, sex, location. What yep. are you, 18? Yeah, I'm 18 too. I feel like we could really get along. Oh, you like Fallout Boy? <laughs> Turns out I I, I'm in Fallout Boy. So she thinks that she's making some progress. But it was a trick the whole time. Yeah. You can't reason with an alien. No. So naturally, it fucks her up. She's dead. Pinky runs away in a panic. She succumbs to space madness. Like we all do sometimes. She eats a bar of soap. This whole plan was a big fucking disaster. A big yeah, old lesbian disaster. I love that Roger Corman hates women so much. Where like you're watching the movie and it's like, you know what? The lead male actor kind of shut this idea down. Maybe this is going to be the right approach. <laughs> ah, ah. Turns out she's just a dumb woman. Roger Corman is a, he's a famous misogynist. Yeah, he gives great massages. I don't think he'd even reject that title. Yeah. That's kind of who he is. He does not have a whole lot of respect for his female characters or any of the roles that they play. Even when they are doing something noble or intelligent, he has to make it fail. Sure does. 
So, Venkman decides that he's had enough of this shit. It's time for a man to assume control. And he goes to the place where you would do that, which is, of course, the control room. Yeah. He brings Winston with him, and his intention is to beat this alien ripoff's fucking bitch ass. Sure is. They soon realize that they can't shoot it since it's cocooned into the life support system. Yeah, it turns out that's very important. Smart move by the uh, metamorph. Yeah, these things are really smart, kind of like the way the xenomorphs were. However, one of the panels is uh, noticeably shorting out. So Winston takes note and says, you know what? I'm an engineer. I can fix that. I can crawl in there underneath all the alien goo and all the cobwebs and all the fucking biomechanical bullshit. I can get in there and I can fix this panel. Bankman's kind of looking at him like, are you sure, man? Really? You think that's a good idea? And Winston is just assuring him, no big deal. I can take care of this. There just ain't no way of saying how good a Winston is. He falls for the oldest trick in the Alien book. Oh my god, doesn't he? And he gets acid sprayed right in the fucking face. Oh, terrible death. He's dead forever. Way to go, Winston. You're a fool. Yeah, so this true value alien metamorph takes Winston out. The rest of the remaining characters have to regroup. And this is where Egon reveals that he's had cancer this entire time. This becomes important because it's the key to destroying this Xeno metamorph. All they have to do is get him to eat it. And by it, I mean the cancer. Uh, This this was actually Roger Corman's idea. Who could possibly expect this plot to go in this direction? This is so out of left field. But as we uh, mentioned earlier, it is foreshadowed. It seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it is technically foreshadowed by his coughing, his constant smoking. He's got cancer. And he has surmised through his scientific intellect that this is most likely, I think he's just guessing here, but it is most likely the one weakness that this alien being has because its entire intention is to reproduce through nuclear fission and cellular division, much like most cells reproduce, it all comes full circle. I guess just to explain it, this is where it becomes ironic. The whole point of this science lab's mission was to create an infinite food source, right? Yeah. So when they accidentally made this alien, its intention was to be a food source, but instead it had sentient life and it turned out to be violent. But in its DNA, it still has the intention to reproduce and propagate itself by dividing and reproducing like equal binary fission or whatever you call it. Like a spider plant. The only thing that can combat that in terms of the plot and in terms of Egon's uh, scientific mind is cancer. Yeah, yeah. Cancer will destroy this thing. Totally. I guess it makes sense. You don't exactly get cancer. I don't want to give away anything too soon, but you don't exactly get cancer by consuming cancer. Eating a tumor. But with that said... It's not It's not AIDS. Right. Yeah, you don't get cancer by hugging someone like you do with AIDS. Basically, Egon reveals he's had cancer this whole time. He's been a smoker his whole fucking life. He's that kind of scientist. He's a cool scientist. Yeah. Cool scientists smoke, as we all know. Hey, they look cool doing it. This right, cancer right, is right. the key... To destroying the Xeno metamorph. So, Venkman, your mission now is to get this motherfucker to eat my tumor. Yep. 
So he's laying on an operating table. He says, you got to fucking rip this thing out of me. I don't have time for morphine. Send Pinky out to get the shots. We're living on borrowed time as it is. Cut me open. Pull my tumor out. I don't care if I'm still conscious. Hilariously, Venkman gives him a cigarette at this moment. <laughs> He's about to have his cancer-ridden tumor removed from his fucking abdomen, and he just hands him a cigarette. Like, here you go, buddy. Deal with it. Hey, this is what got you into this mess. This is what's going to get you out of it. And the whole time, Robbie the robot is watching on like, you know what? I could totally be doing this procedure. Uh, you know that I have lasers, and I'm very, you know what? That's fine. You do it. I am programmed as a surgeon. I could remove that tumor, honestly, within five minutes. But uh, you do it. Let's see how that works out. So, uh, Vakeman, uh uses, I'm guessing, was like a, a rusty knife that they used to cut the shortcake with. Oh, yeah. He uh, jams his entire hand into Egon's abdomen. He just cries and cries. It's tragic. <laughs> Meanwhile, while this is going on, Pinky is fumbling around in the other room trying to find morphine. She doesn't even know what it looks like. She grabs insulin shots instead. Egon is still conscious at this point, by the way. He's but... just on the table, just wailing in pain. Ha! Ah! Ah! Ha! <laughs> Meanwhile, Venkman's pulling out gallbladders, the Jeez. appendix. Is this it? Nope. Is this it? Nope. Pulls his stomach out, pulls digging, out his intestines. He's digging around in him like it's the bottom of a suitcase and he can't find his phone charger. He's just fucking, he's ripping out organs. Eventually, oh. he, he finds a tumor, which is the size of a fucking watermelon. And it's like, Egon, where were you hiding that? Dude, he pulled that out the way, like, my mom would pull out my inhaler when I'm at a t-ball game back when I was, like, six years old out of her purse, just fumbling around like, it's in here somewhere, honey. Oh, you were one of those kids, huh? Ah, you know, I was fat, I had asthma, of course, yeah. You weren't exactly betting forth, is what you're saying. Uh, it, it was kind of like, hey, you're going to put my son in the game? We paid for these uniforms. I don't know why my mom's Jewish, but she is, apparently. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's rolling in her grave right now. The coach is like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, get that fat kid up here with asthma. And I get up to the bat, and I just... <laughs> Tell the pitcher not to go too hard on me. And it's like, <laughs> it's not it's not baseball, it's t-ball. The ball's right there. All right, he struck out twice. He's clearly not going to... Ah, oh, fuck, he hit it. Run! <laughs> no, you're going the wrong oh, way! Ah, another... oh, shit. It's another out. Fuck, great. Game's over. Thanks a lot, Micah. At this point, Pinky shows up with that sweet, sweet morphine, and uh, Egon rides the dragon straight to hell, making oh, all of his God. pain completely pointless. Oh, not again. Ugh. And just dies right there. Venkman stuffs the watermelon-sized tumor into the xenomorph's mouth. It immediately starts vomiting up blood and collapses into a big pile of fucking space mush. Yeah, it turned out that this blood... That was spewing out of the Zen uh, metamorph. Get it right or pay the price. Was actually extremely toxic mm -hmm. and would literally melt your flesh. Let me repeat that again. Roger Corbin is so cheap. Yep. <clears throat> Roger Corbin is so cheap. How cheap is he? He's so cheap that he actually got special effects that could kill a person. That's really cheap. Yeah, so apparently this shit would actually melt human flesh. So everybody on the special effects team were in danger. So they had to, like, build a special wall 
that this substance couldn't melt. Garbage bags. Garbage bags. So they're covered in garbage bags to protect their flesh. And I think they uh, wore condoms just to be safe. Two of them, actually, because we've all been there. Oh, sometimes uh, you got a double bag. And, uh, yeah, so no actors were on set during the spewing uh, metamorph scene. Only one person got hurt. So, uh, for a Roger Corman movie, that's it a win-win. It turns out, aliens don't like the taste of malignant cancer any more than most people do. So, uh, yeah, this thing is fucked. Proper fucked. The alien is no more. And the fucking crazy thing about this movie is, that is a fact. It's not coming back. There is no twist. There is no, oh my god, it was on the fucking escape pod the whole time. This alien is just dead. It's just done. That's it. Game over, man. Game over. No more fucking alien menace. Venkman stares on as flashbacks recap the entire fucking movie for That's us for some reason. That's something we probably should have mentioned earlier. The opening scene of the movie while Venkman is in cryo sleep, that Michael Jackson sleep chamber... He's having, like, a full-on flash-forward of the entire movie. This is like a bookend. So the movie ends the way it starts with a recap of the movie. Focusing noticeably on the nudity, I have to say. Yeah, it really flashes that a lot. It's like a, hey, we had a lot of boobs in this movie. You know, which is appreciated. His look of concern gives way to the curved smile of horniness as he clutches Pinky's ass in yep. dreams of space fucking. The end. I'm pretty sure that was a Deep Purple song. It was either Space, space fucking, fucking or Space Truckin'. Let's go, Space fucking. Yeah, we all know that one. Come on! Yeah, we know that song. Everyone loves that song. No singing. Forbidden World, four out of five scaries. The movie's oh. a lot of fun. There's nudity, there's good gore, there's the acting that we all know and love here at the Damn This Scary Crew. Fucking right. It's trash, it's garbage, but it's perfect. Uh, the cancer angle is kind of goofy. The plot's kind of goofy. There were points of the movie where the dialogue is so bad that they were just like, you know what, let's just have the girls naked during the dialogue. Well, let me tell you, for an alien ripoff, could be worse. Could be worse. Oh, yeah. Um, special effects, they're not perfect, but they are enjoyable. There's a good Very. level of gore. There's a lot of splatter in this one. Acting is honestly not terrible. Like, it's all not. of these characters, they did what they needed to do. They were believable in their roles. And there was a little bit of comedy. I definitely enjoy the tongue-in-cheek nature of the whole thing. Loads upon loads of tits and ass. I mean, nothing to hate there. This is a fantastic film, my man. Five out of five easily for me. I like that you said there was humor in it. You know, actually, a lot of the humor was cut out because Roger Corman was pissed at the amount of comedy in the movie. Roger Corman actually walked up to a member of the audience during a screening what? of Forbidden World and slapped the shit out of him. Oh, for what? For laughing. Oh, well, that's what you get for laughing at a Corman classic. After the movie, I guess Roger Corman was doing a Q&A, and the guy that Roger Corman slapped actually went up to Roger Corman and threw a soda in his face. You get what you give, my friend. Hey, that is soda pressing, if you ask me. Roger Corman, you just can't slap members of the audience for laughing at your fucking hilarious film. In a perfect world, you could, but uh, turns out that ain't this world. So, no, sir. with that said, what do you think about next week? What do we got coming up? 
Well, I don't know. I think next week, uh, maybe we'll crack into a box of lucky charms. Oh, what could you possibly mean by that? I'm, I'm so fucking confused. I, I's looking for me gold. Of uh, course. Stop! It's, it's too confusing. I no, no, it. no! Of course I'm a leprechaun. Look at me shoes. No, look at the, bu- no, look at the buckles sh- on me shoes. Ugh, yeah. Dude, yeah. he can't be so fucking obvious. He's gonna do Candyman next week. Yeah, so Greg and I are totally gonna keep the space theme going. I space. know it's a uh, space. I know we're in the middle of February, but we couldn't come up with anything clever for February. And I love the logo for our space theme so much that we're keeping it going. I don't want to uh, have to draw another one for. At least yeah, basically, long, so. Greg doesn't want to draw another one, and I'm too lazy to think of a theme for February. So we're keeping space theme going. Something we're a going lot of you may, may know by now is that we are incredibly lazy. We are so lazy, like, unbelievably lazy. Uh, Greg, on that note, I guess uh, let's uh, 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 what? Let's uh, let's love each other. I let's care about each other. Most importantly, keep, keep it. it. That's scary. I sure hope the missus is boiling in the cabbage with her wee little foot. Big foot, tiny foot. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't give a foot. How do we have listeners?